0: Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to MileHighHuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos
1: tuesday night and welcome in everybody welcome in and it's you guys it's not a mirage it's not a cardboard cutout it's not a replay loop uh pre-recorded we are joined by carl dummer today who has come back to the united states obviously and is once again with us for building the broncos on tuesday night carl missed you buddy glad you're here uh scott did a great job filling in for you but um you know we could I see enough. I see enough Scott during the days, you know, the morning time. That, that's it's a.m. for Scott. And so p.m. for Carl. Carl, it's great to have you in here, uh, man. I missed you. Good to see you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I've i missed being part of this show and obviously seeing you, Nick. Uh, it, it's just it, it's been too long, way too long. And yeah. my, my wife all day, she's like, when does your st- show start? Because I'm going to have to stop talking to you then. And uh, I've been just uh, trying to catch back up on all the Bronco news because I really haven't had the ability to follow the Broncos. I've been able to be on Twitter a little bit, some Facebook stuff, read a few articles. But for the most part, I've been a little bit out of the loop. And so I'm kind of excited that today I got back into it. Unfortunately, of course, I'm getting back into the loop after a loss, which really stinks. And watching that game and watching that interception on fourth down to end the game, uh, it was was tough to see. But uh, you know what? I know coming in here, You guys always bring me back up, always remind me of just how fun it is. Just even when the team is not always doing great, it's always fun to get to talk about the Broncos with all of you. So very excited to be back and very excited to talk some Broncos tonight.
1: Yeah, really excited to have you back. And everybody's saying welcome back, Carl. The band is back together. And we do have Scott working behind the scenes, too. So it's it's good to see Um, why not uh, Carl and Scott, because you guys are stuck with me forever <laughs> no. um but no it's uh <laughs> bad. <third. laughs> the, the bad takes flow no um but no it's great to see you guys uh i guess we should get into things here um obviously this is building the broncos we're coming at you guys live every tuesday night at six o'clock mountain time you guys can follow carl and myself on twitter carl at carl dummer mhh and myself at nick kendall mhh make sure you guys are also following us at btb football pod and at mile high huddle guys get your swag on go over to huddle And uh, get our gear. I mean, I'm literally, I have all the hats here. I might as well just wear all of them at once. I got the, gosh, which one is which? Broncos for breakfast hat. The Mile High Insiders hat. The Building the Broncos hat. Um, I got the mug came in the mail today, or yesterday too. So all excited about the gear. You guys can also uh, rock that by going to huddleuppod.com guys if you're joining us on facebook today go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle become a supporter today and also join us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod we got peter middleton coming in here too saying carl uh, congrats on everything it's great to see your positive face
2: well thank you peter i really appreciate that and i, I really have missed all of you guys uh it, it's just not the same every tuesday well i guess I was, I was island living and so like every day blends in with each other you kind of forget which day it is but every once in a while i'd remember it's tuesday and i'd go oh i don't get to hang out with my guys so uh like i said it's exciting to be back and i appreciate all the comments i'm reading here and all the comments section like i said you guys are the best and uh reminds me every single time why i love tuesday nights the best
1: tuesday night is great um, and obviously it's for building the broncos if you guys are joining us today it's not just tuesday night though it's every single night every pretty much Every morning to Tuesday and Thursday mornings for sure. Uh, we're going live. If you guys are joining us on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and share. If you're joining us on Facebook today, click those thumbs up as well. And uh, speaking of you, YouTube and Facebook folks, we do have another massive giveaway going on right now for you contributors to the show. Uh, we are raffling off a Patrick Sertan II number two jersey once we hit 250,000 stars or 23 there. Uh, we're moving there slowly but surely, but hopefully, we've get... uh. Can closely close the gap there, and if you guys are donating the stars, you get a chance to get a Patrick Sertan jersey. In the top uh, five donators on YouTube, we'll get a chance as well. On our top star donators, right now, we got Randy Jones has taken first place. Randy, uh oh, look out! Uh, with uh, Mama Moody in second, there, uh, friend of the show, Michael Ronquillo, there at third. Lawrence Rivera, thank you so much, at fourth. Shane Daniels, always great to see Shane at, at fifth place. Andrew Lampy six. Peter Middleton, who's already joined us today, good to see you at seven. Tim Hoffman, at eight. We got Josh Hoyle. Josh, I have not seen much Josh, so good to see Josh there and Howie freaking day there at 10. Gary Leeds Palmer coming in there right behind him. So, uh, obviously, things are heating up here. The more stars you get in, the better chance you have to win a Patrick Sertan, the second jersey. And, uh, man, has Patrick Sertan been the Broncos' best cornerback so far this season as a rookie? That's, uh, probably something you don't want to see. And speaking of stuff you do want to see, though, <laughs> Josh Hoyle coming in, uh, with the stars here over on Facebook, looking, uh, super snazzy, uh, with the, uh, the Tux. Looks like it's like a, Carl, you and I should start doing the shows in tuxes. We can do like Step kind of stuff going on. That was our original uh, image that I made. That looked really just our heads were way too big, but it was it was for the laugh.
0: Listen up, Broncos country! TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up Podcast
1: seats on another ticket site tick pick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price
0: that's right guys when we were searching for tickets for the mhh meet and greet for week three at home broncos versus jets tick pick had us locked down so visit tickpickcom huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save ten dollars on your first order of broncos tickets
1: um but thank you so much for the stars there uh josh that's uh that's super Nice of you, and uh, we really really appreciate that keeping the lights on in here. Um, so big time stars from Josh, God bless you. Um, let's get into this. Uh, um, Carl, you can kind of read over the uh the comments here. Mohammed saying, Welcome back, Saint Carl. Scott's the man. Yeah, we uh we definitely appreciate Scott for joining us, and it's been great to see. Um, Scott saying, Hack is the right word, dude is the hack. Um, but the uh, self deprecation joke. See, Scott, that's why we get along. You got if you can't make fun of yourself, you <laughs> make fun of yourself first, so that way nobody can hurt you. I've already said it, so you can't hurt me. Um, But uh, Carl, I'm going to shift here to a more serious note here Um, Mm -hmm. with the Las Vegas Raiders. Obviously, if you have you've been living under a rock, essentially. So I'll bring you up to speed. Um, A bunch of emails with racist, misogynistic, sexist. I mean, all the uh, words were in there. Um, And uh, John Gruden has resigned from the Las Vegas Raiders last I see, not fired. Um, the NFL kind of forced the hand of the Raiders, but, uh, man, talk about turmoil the week before the Broncos game. Uh, John Gruden is officially out in the Raiders. And I think their special teams coaches now the interim head coach, uh, for that team as they come to Denver for what is a must win game for both teams. Honestly, a must win game for both the Raiders and the Broncos.
2: Yeah. both, both teams seem to be going in a bad direction. Obviously, just coming off losses and just not looking great, and uh, then just John Gruden information. That like that was the first thing that popped up when I got to the airport, like to Atlanta. First thing I see when I come into the country is John Gruden. Fi- well, not fired. Like you said, resigned. Uh, he was pretty much told, "You are out of here," kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I was just like, "What in the world has happened in, in the world since I've been gone?" Like I said, I've been living under a rock, and now John Gruden's gone. You know, I thought this guy with his 10-year contract was yeah. about as untouchable of a coach as there is in the NFL. Even, you know, he's been terrible. The, the Raiders have been a terrible team. And uh, so it's it was a little bit of a surprise. But like I said, there, there's no there's no room for that, especially in, to, in today's NFL um, and, and today's world, really. You, you just can't stand for that. And I, I don't care that it was 10 years ago that there was plenty of it. It's not like this was a one-time mistake, some kind of joke. It's this guy really showed some true colors in a lot of that. And so uh, he made the right decision to step down. And yeah, there we go. There we go. That's the picture. That's the, God, that's the the money right there. Terrifying, absolutely
1: <laughs> Terrifying. My mom said, what are you doing? That is not a good look for you. I'm like, you know what? We're here for the laughs again. If we can do it first, um, then nobody can beat us. Uh, But uh, (laughs) um, We want to say hello and thank you very much to uh, Shiloh Smith coming here with $5 over on YouTube and then boom, $5 again over on YouTube adding up to $10. See, I promise there'd be no math, but here we are. Uh, What would have to happen for Drew to get another chance at the starting job? Um, Teddy Bridgewater would need to get injured, which nobody should be pulling for injury, but that's probably what needs to happen there or the Broncos are rudderless in the last, you know, five games of the season, they're pretty much out of playoff contention. And the team is like, okay, we have two years of control with Locke. We only have one year of Teddy. Uh, we probably need to see what have we have with drew there just to, you know, flesh out all options um, and yeah. see what happens there. But if specifically for the Broncos, that's probably the most likely I could see drew Locke getting a, a chance to compete uh, for another quarterback competition for a team. Let's say, gosh, let's say the Eagles trade for Deshaun Watson. And then some like Houston trades for Jalen hurts. And then Jalen hurts picks up drew lock too. Jalen hurts versus drew lock quarterback battle. It's that kind of situation right now. Um, but uh doesn't seem like the NFL at large is super high on drew lock. Uh, we saw that when he fell away at the second round, um, the way people talk about him outside of the Broncos organization. So uh, he could have a shot, but um, he's, it's probably going to have to happen through extenuating circumstances to get there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the Broncos. I can tell you, uh, before I left, I, I knew this was the case, and I think it still is today. Teddy Bridgewater is absolutely loved by this coaching staff, and loved teammates. Yeah, and teammates too. And yeah. so it would take a lot for them to make that kind of decision to to bench Teddy. And and I don't think you can really point at Teddy as being the main problem these last couple games. Yeah. You know, he got hurt in the the game before this one, and and this last week it, it just the offense was flat there at the beginning of the game. Some bad penalties; just a lot of things went wrong to to wake lead up. to that. Yeah, you, you just got to wake up, not wait till the fourth quarter to finally look good. Uh, but we got Naj Altoff coming in here with a nineteen ninety nine super chat. Really appreciate that, Naj. Just uh, that's just that's wonderful to see. Hey, brothers, do you think this Gruden news will galvanize the Raiders and help them play with more purpose? As for the Broncos, what's up with Fangio's defensive scheming? Feel like the pass rushes off and coverage is poor. Two far, two
1: part question here, but um, when you when you contribute twenty dollars, you can answer, you can ask as many questions as you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Raiders help them play with more purpose. It, I feel like it could go either way. Uh, the thing that does make this interesting is that it's still Gruden's buddies and staff that are the coaches there, right? It's not. It's just Gruden is gone. He's an issue, but it's still like, you know, like his guys are the ones that are the coaches and leading there right now. So there could be some issues there. Now, could it galvanize them and push them forward? Absolutely. I mean, this is a team that could rally around like Derek Carr, f- f- say like he's he becomes the dude there rather than Gruden. Um, definitely possible. Uh, but I would say it's more likely to go the other way. It just it, God biting my tongue even saying that because it seems like the Broncos are everybody's get right game right now. <laughs> and uh, to talk about a team that needs a get right game. It's probably more the Raiders, even more than the Broncos. So that makes me scared. Um, what do you think, Carl, We're galvanizing here, dealing with the adversity of what's going on for that organization?
0: I,
2: I think this is going to be too much chaos for them. Yeah. I really do. I mean, th- this is, this is bad and yeah. this is going to be all that anybody wants to talk about. There's going to be very little football talk. Uh, it, it, I just think this is one of those games where if the Broncos, I mean, the Broncos have to win this one, right? Yeah. I, I, I told somebody a couple of weeks ago, they have to win one of the two between the Raiders and the, and the, the Steelers, if they really want to be a playoff contender obviously lost to the Steelers got to win. This one can't be three and three after starting three, and 0 Uh, But so I, I think the Broncos have a lot of motivation and I think the Raiders, like I said, they're, they're just going to be kind of in a weird place. And like I said, with that coaching staff being all Gruden guys, I don't think players are going to want to really rally with that kind of group. And yeah. as for the second question here, what's going on with Fangio's defensive scheming? Uh, I think some of it is, you know, you've had a few injuries to some pretty key players. Chubb, uh, Josie Jewell is more of a key player than a lot of people realize. Ronald Darby. Yeah, Ronald Darby was, from what everything I heard, he was looking like the best cornerback in training camp. Yep. And so for him to go down, you know, when he comes back, I think we should have a talk about whether Kyle Fuller is the guy that gets benched. You know, if, if we're going to be at three cornerbacks on the field, I think he's the guy that should be on the bench, not not our rookie Patrick Sertan, because like I said, he, he's played pretty good. He's had some moments up and down, Yeah, but Fuller, it just seems like every game he starts off terrible, gets a little bit better as the game goes on, but seems to give up some big plays and just makes a lot of really stupid decisions. You know, if, if you're going to go for the pick, you you better come down with the pick. Yeah. Because if that other guy catches it, now there's nobody to stop him. You know, they're at the beginning of the game. Uh, he just, he makes a lot of really risky decisions. Mm. And he doesn't have the athleticism to make him like he did a few years ago. And so I
1: cornerbacks, man, it's a position where they can fall off pretty hard and he's not even 30 yet. And it already looks like he's lost his step. Uh, So I actually have an interesting question for you. And I have already fuller to me is the fourth corner based on what we've seen for this team. Um, But when you're talking about dime packages with six defensive backs out there, this might be blasphemy. This might be, you know, a little bit of a hot take. I'd rather see three safeties with Caden Stearns out there than uh, Kyle Fuller right now. I think Caden Strand's bringing more click and close ability, playmaking ability than what we're seeing off Fuller. And I'll mix and match Callahan, Sertan, and Darby with the three safeties uh, versus yeah. what I'm seeing from Fuller right now, who's probably more limited to purely boundary.
2: Well, and Kyle Fuller just, he doesn't seem all that interested. I, I just, I feel like there, there's times where I'm watching him on the field and watching his body language. Mm-hmm. And there's, he's just not getting himself set. He's not really just focused in on each play. It just seems like he's kind of a pick and choose when I'm going to be good, when I'm going to not be. And he's just, man, for, for a guy that was an all pro cornerback just a few years ago to be this far off. And like I said, I don't think it's all just because his athleticism has gone down. I think it is a little bit. He just is a little upset that maybe the NFL doesn't view him like he views himself. And upset that he got cut. I don't know what's all going on there, but he just, he's just—he's not looking good. And like I said, Caden Stearns, he is—he's been outstanding for a rookie. Yeah. I did not expect that from this kid this quick. I thought he needed a year or two of grooming to kind of become something here in the NFL. And and boom, he's jumped on the scene, been all over the field, looks athletic, everything you want to see from from a guy in that position. So I, I'm with you. I'd rather leave him on the field. He seems very interested in being a great player, and I love that secondary with him on the field.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, he's dynamic. Um, him and Kareem Jackson are probably the more physical players back there. Not that Justin Simmons isn't physical; he's just more of a a rangy player with his height and length that makes a bigger difference. But Stern's coming downhill has been a pleasant surprise, and I like to see some more of him going forward. But you can't take Kareem off the field, right? So, got to get a little bit imaginative there. Um, bringing it back to uh, Gruden here. I also want to give a shout out to Michael Ronquillo, uh, who's it's his birthday today. So everybody in the chat, make sure you're wishing Michael Ronquillo a very happy birthday. Uh, We did so this morning as well, but he's joining us again. So we want to make sure to give a shout out to him. Uh, You know, happy birthday to you, Michael, and hope you're having a great one. Um, So bringing it back here to Gruden, you're talking about this being a must win game for the Broncos. Well, let's talk scenarios here. Broncos win this game. Uh, What does it look like for the rest of the season? What's the trajectory of this team going forward? Obviously, Cleveland coming up uh, after, right after that on a Thursday night game. Yep. Um, Broncos quickly could be looking at it three and four if they lose this game, but winning it, what does this mean for this team going forward?
2: Well, I mean, you got to, like I said earlier about a get right game. You got to get right. You got to get a little more confidence going. This team is just, it looks like they've lost some confidence that they had earlier in the season. Uh, it's amazing how quickly things can change in the NFL. Going from one of the most confident, best looking teams in football to now looking like a team that's just, struggling on both sides of the ball and, and special teams as well, and just making a lot of mental mistakes. I mean, this past game, what were there? They're like four or five plays that cost the team points that were just stupid. I mean, you're running back, spiking the ball after a big run and going from first and goal at the one or two yard line to now first and goal at the seven or eight yard line and changing how you're going to have to call those plays. You know, pass interference on third and 15 to, to give up a touchdown fourth down field goal. And you climb on the back of a, one of the blockers and instead of it being a field goal, all of a sudden it turns into a touchdown. So just a lot of really stupid mistakes that this team is making right now that if you really want to be a playoff contender, you can't be doing.
1: Yep. I totally agree with you. So if the Broncos lose this game, uh, what is the perspective going forward? I mean, it's, I would definitely, it'd be time to panic um, for me if that happened. And uh, if you looking at then three and four, I can't remember off the top of my head. Somebody in the chat could probably get me um, the game after the Browns. I mean, maybe even a five game losing streak after that, uh, after the Browns game as well, could be really issue. I mean, we're talking about major uh, shifts here coming for the team. If that happens, Uh, not only at the coaching staff, maybe a quarterback change as well, because maybe getting a spark there. Um, And then maybe a fire sale again. I mean, we know how much uh, Peyton loves his picks. I mean, that's, (laughs) that's really, I mean, this game is a turning point for the entire season. I can't overstate that enough. We built in, uh, good, goodwill, good fortune, whatever. The first three games to get that start. Now we've lost two in a row. Looked really bad against Ravens. Honest to God, probably should have beat, beat the Steelers sleepwalking the first three games. I know they got in at like 8 p.m. the night before because they couldn't find a hotel room in the entire state of Pennsylvania or something. Uh, so they had to get in there super late. Crazy. Everybody stopped getting married. What's going on? Um, but uh, <laughs> that's uh this. This really is a turning point game. If they do yep. not win this game, it's, you know, abandon ship. And it sucks because I think there's a lot of talent on this team. It's just they don't seem connected to the coaching staff right now in that regard, and there's not a lot of belief in there. Right now, like not to – everyone take a drink. Everyone get your drink ready. Come, coming back to turn into my Iowa Hawkeyes. But, like, there is so much belief in each other and the coaching staff in that Iowa Hawkeye locker room, and it does not – I just don't get that sense with the Broncos right now. As soon as that Ravens game happened, it was like, uh-oh, here we go. The fans feel it. The players the players feel it. I mean, you could, they look like they got knocked out of the playoffs with the post-game yeah. press conferences after that Raven game. Um, so if they lose this game against the Raiders, which they have no excuse to with what's going on, sorry, guys. well, Start talking 2022 draft, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> it sucks. They, they cannot lose. They cannot yeah. lose.
2: No, I'm, I'm with you there. This is definitely as as about must-win as it can be when yeah. your team is 3-2. and two. Yep. It's just crazy to say. I mean, you still got two games against the Chiefs, two games against the Chargers. The Raiders aren't an easy team by any means uh you still got i don't know there's still plenty of other good games against some really good teams moving forward here so i'm with you you got to win this one get back on the right side of things and at least be at the halfway point looking like you're at least a a 500 or better team but all right we got uh kika coming in here with a ten dollar did i say that right kika
1: yeah, I think so. And how's okay, it? Kika? Okay. How's it? Kika? Good to see you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but a $10 super chat. Really appreciate that. Uh, Carl is back. Yes. Thank you. Aloha guys. Congrats on the adoption. Carl really appreciate that. It's been, uh, it's been quite the ride for these last few years and, uh, to finally get to meet the boys and, uh, spend time with them. And, um, I, I got to give them Bronco jerseys my, my hey, mother-in-law hey, brought some Bronco jerseys these l- awesome. this last week. So got one in a Judy and one in a, a Von Miller jersey. So very mm-hmm. excited about that. But uh, you're a hell of a man. Really appreciate that. Uh, I'd rather OJ come back uh, from IR and take Fuller's reps. Honestly, much Aloha Broncos country. Hashtag beat the Raiders. Yeah, I, Fuller. I mean, he's playing himself out of a job and it's not just yeah. this year. He's playing himself. Uh, he's on a one-year contract yeah. right now. I, we were kind of talking to him before the season. What are the Broncos going to do at the the cornerback position after this season? You know, are they going to try to bring back Fuller? Callahan is on his last year of his deal. Callahan has been playing great, honestly. I think he's having a a, a very quiet season, which is really good for a cornerback. Like everybody's attacking Kyle Fuller. One game, Patrick Satan really got targeted. Uh, so I'd rather bring back Callahan if I bring him back anybody at this point. Kyle Fuller good luck. See you later, buddy. Cause like I said, he's really just all the big plays pretty much have come his way. And uh, OJ, uh, I don't know. He struggled giving up big plays last year too. So I don't know what he is. I'm just hoping Darby comes back and we don't even have to worry about that. Then the secondary can stay healthy and we'll be just good to go from then on.
1: Yeah. And I he's played disappointed so far, given like the pomp and circumstance, you know, Fangio's guy, former first round pick all pro uh, first to email all pro that one of those years with the bears too. Um, and we said coming into the season, like, I think people are sleeping on Darby and maybe overrating uh Kendall a little bit. Um, Kendall, that's his name, Kyle, right? Kyle Fuller and his brother's Kendall yep. Fuller. Um, yeah. But uh, he's been disappointed. However, it's five games into the season. He did miss pretty much the entire off season, right? Like he was opting out. So I'm not totally ready to completely bury him, but there's no doubt about it. He's been disappointing for the cost. So uh not disappointing today at all. Andrew Lampy coming in here, one of our top star givers, and uh we really appreciate that, Andrew coming in with the stars here, and always a shout-out to you. Uh cute pick. As always, as I like to say, I always like you guys repping the, the family next next step for evolving is just having the family rocking the MHH gear. That's, that's next level stuff. Um, but uh, we appreciate you so much, Andrew. And uh, you know, we'll keep them running. And speaking about uh, keeping them coming. Chase Wellner, $5 over on YouTube. Thank you so much, Chase, with the happy Gilmore picture there. Uh, Is it a coincidence we signed an X raider I assume he doesn't give in any info they don't already have. Some people buy into that conspiracy though. I mean, Bill Belichick does this all the time and he'll just cycle through guys that were just released or whatever. Just like if I can get any any competitive advantage, you know, it could be minuscule, but, you know, that could make a difference. So uh, yeah. I do think there is something to it now. To what extent? I mean, your guys got to go out there and execute their own scheme and not make stupid penalties like jumping the uh, the line on field goals to have a four-point swing and catch interceptions that hit your hands twice in the red zone. So, like uh, you know, yep. that's going to make more of a difference than any of this, but there is something to it. And any sort of competitive advantage you can get, you're going to take.
2: Right. Especially in a must-win game. And I didn't want to correct. Uh, it's Kiaka. Kiaka. Yeah. See, my, my bad. I really appreciate. That's We're, we <laughs> That's we good want to get names right. And so I, I appreciate uh, uh, Jeremy letting us know how to really say it. And always a, right. a good thing. Oh, hey, Scott. All right. I can't take it. Kiaka. 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 Aloha, Kiaka. Okay. Aloha. How's it? So good
1: right. night, y'all. Good to see you, Scott. <laughs> Go back to your hole. No. Okay. <laughs> um, Thank you. We got Paul, too. $20. The orange coming in. I love it. Uh, missed you, Carl. Welcome back. Is Simmons suffering from getting paid syndrome? My thoughts are with Eric and his family. Yeah, guys. Uh, thoughts with Eric and his family. I don't know if you guys saw it on Twitter, but uh, yeah. Um, sorry. That's a real uh, caught me off guard there thinking about that. Um, is, Simmons, is Simmons suffering from getting paid syndrome? Maybe. That's definitely a possibility. Um, I think that's something also to be said about uh, Shelby Harris, right? Two guys who just got paid, and it's like, okay, where are you? We need you Mm -hmm. to play. We need you to play better. Simply put, I mean, it's not like these are professionals, and I get it, and they have a lot of things going on in their life, but like this team just, you know, put you uh, on a pedestal. And you need to go out there and execute. And so far, neither of them have lived up to the the contracts that you'd expect them to. You know, like we have undrafted free agents that are making plays more than our top paid players.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. And that's always the, the chance you take when a player gets paid. You know, sometimes they're pay, playing for that big contract. And then it is hard to keep that motivation going once you get it. Um, but we do. We need those players to really step up. This is that time where it's like you said, it's yeah. make or break. And those are the guys that are supposed to be the leaders on your team. And so far they have not been those guys that have set the tone for everybody else. And so this is the game that, that we need them. They got to go out there and make some big plays. And uh, you know, it it could be make or break for them of looking at the future with the Broncos. I know they just got paid, but a lot of times when you're getting paid, big money, teams are also looking at, can we replace you with somebody cheaper later here a year or two down the road too?
1: Yep. And uh, yeah, I'm obviously Simmons is not as, I mean, there's, you're not going to find a nicer guy or a better representation in the community than Justin Simmons. Um, but got to play better, right? Like if you're getting paid that big contract and we are sitting where we are, obviously we can't do what he's doing, but you're going to get critiqued. Um, so I don't think it's an unfair uh, unfair to call him out and say that he needs to play better, um, especially in that back end. I, Kareem Jackson's been the best safety, and that should not be the case considering the Broncos were fine moving on from him uh, this offseason and brought him yep. back just based on the market, not uh, materializing for him. Uh, Andrew coming in here, Andrew Baker, uh, rocking the, God, is that a Von Miller jersey? There? I can't see the Facebook logo yep. in the way, but the Navy blue, uh, welcome back, Carl. Congrats. So what are chances this weekend? Nick break it down, but don't hurt me. LOL. Broncos have to win. Uh, what are our chances? I, I would say the chances are good. Um, and also we have stars coming in here from Gary Leeds Palmer. Welcome back, Carl. Love the Nick and Carl show. We love you, Gary. Yes. Um, but, uh, the Broncos, um, need to win this week. I would say they have a good chance given what's going on with the Raiders right now. But this is a team that I thought should win last week. They should have won last week. I mean, a lot of advanced metrics say, like, they, were, they should have won. Like, they left so many points on the board uh, that shouldn't have either shouldn't have happened with the Steelers or they should have uh, maximized on them. They just didn't. So the Broncos should win this game at home. I hope the fans come up and are supportive um, and loud, right? I don't want to, like, if the Broncos go 3 and on the first play, I don't want the, the fans just immediately booing them. It's their right. I just don't want them to be doing that. Um, if you paid for admission, you know, that's long I mean, as you're not assaulting them and you know, whatever um but the broncos need to come out and win this game i don't think the raiders are that good i think they came out hot uh but i still like i don't at the back seven not very good their offensive line is bad um henry rugs can kill you darren waller can kill you but yep. other than that i mean i don't know the denver's bronco team is better the only area where i'm like okay well they definitely beat you there Derek carr is better than teddy bridgewater and if it gets into a back and forth battle between the quarterbacks I think Derek Carr probably wins that.
2: Yeah. Probably. Uh, and, and the Raiders are known for doing this. They start yeah. out hot. I, I don't know. John Gruden is one of the best guys during the offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well, not one of the best guys. One of the best in, in planning out and taking what other teams do. He watches a ton of film and says, hey, these plays worked for them. We use them. But they use it up quick. Like They they burn through that playbook quick. And then once everybody gets it, everybody's like, all right, yep, we've got you figured out. So I I think the last few years, they've started out with a winning record and then just slowly saw that chipped away as the season went on. So I agree with you. I think the Broncos, when you're looking at a talent point of view, the Broncos are better. It's home. Uh, Raiders just losing their coach. There's a lot of things that are working in the Broncos' favor. And hopefully they're getting some players back. I think Darby should be back this week, right?
1: Yep. He should be. Um, Okay. It was honestly a surprise that he didn't get any snaps last week being inactivated. Um, And I think Ojemudia could be eligible to come back here pretty soon as well. Um, So those are interesting moves that could help the Broncos secondary, um, which shockingly needs help. God, what's going on? Highest paid secondary in football. Vic Fangio had Donatel. Secondary does not look very good. I don't know. I don't know, man, it's been really frustrating. And I know that some people are blaming the Vic Fangio defense, but like we look right across the division of the chargers. They look pretty darn good when they have to, you know, granted they have a quarterback that can go blow for blow with anybody right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think it's, I have a bigger issue with the consistent execution on the back end. They're giving up big plays. This is a defense that's predicated on not giving up the big plays. What are you doing? Um, and the pass rush, the front four, not getting home consistently Broncos middle of the pack in pass rush win, uh, win rate. So, uh, those, those together equal a non-top-three defense, which is what you need.
2: Right. All right. Well, we got Dennis Woods coming in here with the Super Chat. Uh, really appreciate this, Dennis. I'm glad to have you back, Carl. Congratulations. Well, thank you, Dennis. Uh, kind words right there. Nick, go number two Hawks. Ooh. You know, I saw the last I'm time they hey, were hi. ranked this high was 1985, before you were born, buddy. They were number one in the country. So it, it's been a while. And and looking yeah. at their schedule, man, I don't think they play another ranked team until possibly the the Big Ten championship.
1: I as far as I know, they could lose to Purdue this week. Brom is a hell of an offensive coach, and they just yep. lost one of their cornerbacks. So uh, I don't know. I The Hawkeyes, are they the number two best team in the country? Uh, I'm a firm believer of you are what your record says you are. But um, are they going to beat an Ohio State on a neutral field? <laughs> I'm just enjoying the ride right now and the publicity that comes go. with it. So, uh, I've, I've become a fickle enough fan to understand that, uh, the rankings don't mean very much and uh, you just enjoy it while you can.
2: Right. Um, and then he did ask, uh, when it, Michael Jamudia is coming back.
1: We're hoping here.
2: Week. Yeah. It could be this week, the next, uh, I guess then we got the Thursday night game against the, the Browns there. So it's kind of nice. The team is finally going to start looking like they're going to get healthy here. Uh, knock on wood, everybody. Um, you know, cause Jerry Judy should be back here in the next few weeks. Hopefully I, I, I was a little nervous. I know we've had a few people ask, what do we think about the John Brown signing? Yeah, it makes me a little about nervous that. about where they think Jerry Judy's at. I know some articles out there have said that it looks like he's ahead of schedule on recovering, but if you're bringing in a guy like John Brown, it kind of makes me think that you're wanting him in the slot and that's where Jerry Judy does his best damage. So I think it's
1: far more about the dynamic element that KJ Hamler brought. Okay. Uh, the speed and John Brown, especially this like slot fades and stuff from the slot position mm-hmm. and get, getting a receiver who you scheme to not have press that can just blow by. And uh, that matters a lot for decompressing in opposing defense. And I think you're more likely to get that from John Brown and with how much Shermer likes to use 11 personnel, with how much Teddy is not targeting the tight ends right now as well, which I don't know how much of that is Shermer, How much of that is Teddy Bridgewater? Something we're going to talk about here maybe at some point uh, with uh, right. no uh target distribution or lack thereof. Um, but uh, I think it's much more about getting a actual guy who can be a game breaker speed wise and make you think twice about playing cover one uh, because of the speed that he brings more than uh, Jerry Judy everything I've heard. And I know welcome back to the USA, Carl, um, but everything I've heard is uh, Judy's progressing very nicely um, and he's okay. ahead of schedule. Um, so I, I wouldn't even be shocked if we saw him for the Browns game, but I think you're more likely to see him for the following game, which is the long rest with a Washington football team coming up after that.
2: Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Like like I said, I've been under a rock, so I've I've only read one article that said he was ahead of schedule, but then seeing John Brown signed, of course they got, uh, was it David Moore that they signed a couple weeks ago? Um, just made me think maybe they're thinking he's not going to be returning sometime soon, but Hey, I'll take it. I'll take him back, plus those two other guys getting more and more used to the playbook. And all of a sudden, you got quite a bit of speed all of a sudden back with your wide receiver group looking pretty good. Yeah,
1: yeah the Broncos' lack of quick hitters in guys who can win isolated matchups quickly and get separation has really been a detriment to this past game uh, recently. Um, so, I mean, obviously, Tim Patrick's playing incredible football. Cortland Sutton rolled his ankle and played this week, but these are all more slower developing, big play yep. receivers down the field where, you know, neither of them are like, you know, going untouched against press and then, you know, getting separation at one and a half seconds or less, that's not their game. And that's okay. There's, you want to build a basket or a, a wide receiver core or, or just pass catchers in general, like a basketball team. But right now the Broncos are out there playing with like five power forwards, you know, no, no <laughs> ball handlers. Um So getting Judy back will be very big. They need that guy. Teddy really needs that guy as well.
2: Yeah, no, I, well, and, and I'm excited for John Brown. I mean, we talked about it when Jerry Judy went down. That was a guy that we'd like to see signed. And, and Corey Johnson coming in here saying PFF rated John Brown five points higher than Jerry Judy last season. I doubt he's better than Judy now, but this could be a good way to bolster the offense short term, short term and long term, honestly, because uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if John Brown does pretty decent this year or makes a few plays if they don't bring him back because KJ Hamler. His injury, I don't know how much he's going to play next year. I I really don't. This is going to be a longer recovery than people realize. His speed, speed guys especially with ACLs, and it sounds like it's ACL and more, Mm -hmm. that's going to be a long recovery to get him back to what he was before. And uh, so John Brown coming in, I I think they could get him on another year or two contract, and, and I wouldn't mind that one bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, Todd coming in here too, saying, don't get me wrong. John Brown signing is nice, but he's one trick pony got speed. But not so much with the hands. Um, that's true. Uh, but you know that going and there's a reason he was available at this point. Um, and the Broncos were not expecting to be losing two of their top four wide receivers this early. I'm just glad they were able to bring somebody who could bring some ability like that to this. So Uh, It's unfortunate, um, especially what you said about uh, KJ Hamler as well. You're totally right. This is probably something where like we might not see him really until the end of next season. And then he's not even fully healthy until the year after that, which sucks. Um, But it is what it is. Um, Luckily, he's one of the youngest players on this team and the Broncos still have two years of control after this year. So hopefully it'll get better for him because he seems like a, a great kid as well. And uh, definitely the, probably the most fun uh, weapon the Broncos have. Like when the, when the ball goes his way, I'm in, you know, just electric. Um, So uh, that'll be great. So we have, do we have any more stars coming in here? Um, Scott? No. Okay. I thought I saw somebody comment on that, but it's great to bring in John Brown. I'm excited to see that. Uh, We haven't really talked much yet about this, uh, the Steelers game. And I know that there's been a lot of, I don't want to say exactly vitriol, but um, some people chastising uh, the Broncos quarterback situation and uh, how Teddy's looked in the Steelers game specifically and the Broncos in general. What are your thoughts so far? Because I, I'm maybe a little bit more optimistic or apologistic uh for Teddy's game cuz I don't think he's been terrible at all. He's been above my expectations, honestly. Yeah. And it's the defense who's let me down. You know, we we're paying Vic Fangio all this money, the using a first round pick on a cornerback and uh this is the result, barely top 10 defense? I don't know.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you. It, it has been disappointing, and especially the start of games. Come on. <laughs> oh, we can still hear you. But uh, I don't know if I'm frozen or if you're frozen. Um, but, uh, oh, Nick froze. Okay. Phew, it's not me. I, I I didn't know, since I haven't used this computer for a while, how it would react. But, uh, no, I, I'm with you. The, the defense has really been bad to start games. It seems like it takes them a while to get into it, all of them, not just Kyle Fuller. But especially Kyle Fuller, and so then they put the offense in a bad situation where they're already down, you know, seven, ten points pretty quick. And yes, the offense needs to start faster and, and get some points going, all those kind of things. Uh, but it, it's still, still something that has got to get fixed if you're going to start winning some of these games. You know, this is a team that's supposed to be predicated on the run game and or being able to run the football. Well, you get down ten points, it gets harder and harder to be able to run throughout the game. And so I, I'm, I'm very disappointed with what I've seen from the defense. Teddy Bridgewater, I am not disappointed with what, I, with what I've seen from him. He has been pretty good, uh, especially with two of his top weapons going down and two of the most dynamic weapons going down that have really limited what you can do as a, a play caller. And you know, I, I wish we could see Noah Fant get a little bit more involved in the offense. I, like I said, I don't know if that's play calling, if that's Teddy just not always wanting to look for the tight ends, whatever it may be, but you got to get Noah Fant a little bit more involved. Noah Fant's got to be more engaged in the game too. I mean, his, his run blocking has been atrocious. I don't know what's going on with him. He doesn't look like he's just all that focused in. And maybe it is because of the lack of targets and just being like, I was brought here as this great weapon and you're not even throwing me the football. I I don't know if that's part of it, but, uh, got to get something going there. And, uh, I don't know. Teddy, he has been calm, collected, has done well of getting the offensive line in in the right position. I think one of the, the big plays yesterday, I can't remember which one it was, but they brought like six or seven on on a rush. I mean, just all-out blitz. And Teddy had the entire offensive line completely, hey, this is where they're coming, this is what they're going to be doing, and it was just picked up perfectly. I've been very impressed with the pass blocking, They have been very good in that area, but I think part of that's also Teddy. Just getting people right before the snap, also being able to manipulate the pocket. Yeah, he doesn't have the biggest arm. Yes, he's not always challenging down the field like you'd like to see him sometimes do. But for the most part, he is doing what you would ask him to do. And you know, the end of the game there, he had this team right on the edge of making a pretty incredible comeback. And again, that's where those kind of plays that, that fourth down there to end the game, you would love to have a Jerry Judy or KJ Hamler with that kind of quickness to be able to get open and and be able to make a play. And and I think also that the officials missed a, a pass interference call there on one of the fade routes. Man, that should have been easily first and first and goal at the one yard line. But uh that's n- neither here he neither here nor there. But um but no, I, I really have enjoyed watching Teddy. And I think if you get Jerry Judy back, you get him paired up with John Brown. I think you can get this offense clicking once again.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. And hopefully my internet's better again. Um, The issues with my issues with Teddy is um, he has been throwing it short of the sticks on yards to gain, which is not what you want. Mm -hmm. Now that is obviously better than throwing it to the other team, which we had a penchant to do last season. Um, you know, if, at least if you get the ball to a person short of the sticks, they have a chance to break a tackle and make a play.
2: Is that me frozen or Nick? Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Nick, you froze again here. Uh, so I'll take over here for a second. We do have Peter Middleton coming in here. John Brown is exactly what we need for some speed. Both the club and player obviously see the risk is worth it. I sadly think Hamler will struggle if his long-term injuries affect his speed. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's why he's in the NFL. That's why he was a second round pick was because of that incredible speed, that elite athleticism, uh, quick footed ability. To especially win over the top, but also to win on those quick slant plays that we saw a lot of, of his time there at Penn State. I, I like the John Brown siding. Uh, you know, he is 32, so it's not like he's a spring chicken. And those speed guys, when they hit their cliff, I mean, they, they fall hard. So it would not surprise me one bit to, to see if John Brown does fall off a cliff here sometime soon. Uh, but right now I, I think he is exactly what this offense needs. Somebody that can threaten over the top and make defenses have to, to play a little bit more cover two instead of being able to go to this cover one, uh, and, and, you know, take some guys away from the line of scrimmage the, once they lost KJ Hamler teams just do not respect the Broncos going over the top, but all right, we got John Clay eventing coming in here with a $5 super chat. Really appreciate that. Uh, says the issue with Teddy is the red zone. He was awful in Carolina in the red zone and that has followed him to Denver. We need Roman or dabble or, and Willis hashtag go Broncos. All right. Nick is back. I, I can't completely disagree with this, but I would also add here. The red zone issues have been one, some really bad penalties at really bad times. What should be a very positive situation all of a sudden becomes a negative because of a penalty or a really bad uh sack that happens that really pushes them back, makes it almost impossible to, to score a touchdown. You know, you've had the, the two big fumbles that have happened in the red zone as well. And, and so some of these things have not just been Teddy. I would agree that he's not perfect in the red zone by any means. He's not the best red zone quarterback. Uh, but I think he's probably closer to average than people give him credit. And and the list of of coaches that you have here, of Roman or Dabble or Willis, yeah, I would love to get an offensive minded coach here with the Broncos Uh, you know, especially if you're going to go get yourself a young quarterback, but kind of my thought for this next season is possibly if you can't go get one of the, the top tier veterans of a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers, is bring back Teddy, maybe use a mid round pick on a quarterback that you see with some high upside that you can pair with one of these coaches that they can sit there and say, Hey, I can develop this guy and, and turn him into something. If that is Malik Willis, by golly, I'll I'll take that because that guy is electrifying, but just needs somebody that can teach him how to be consistent.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, the point I guess I was making was uh, at least you're giving your playmakers a chance to make a play, but uh, you know, Teddy's got to play better on third down. Uh, Honestly, the Broncos are losing third downs because they're averaging third and eight. They're losing on first and second down and making, giving themselves a almost near impossible uh, way to, win third down Uh third and eight is I think Scott and I were talking this morning. The chances of converting on eight and anything is like 25%. Um, so you got to do better on first and second down. And I want to see him be better in the red zone as well. Now the numbers in the red zone don't look amazing because against the God, the, the Jags and the jets, the Broncos, you know, if it was Peyton Manning down there in the red zone, no doubt about it. Pey- I love Peyton that dude is calling an audible to a pass play. He's not handing it off. He's getting touchdowns in a stat column. <laughs> no doubt about it. Teddy's handing yep. it off. The Broncos are scoring touchdowns. You know, that's if they're scoring, it doesn't matter. Um, But that's something that uh, I do think matters, but or context wise. Um, But actually I did want to just a little bit of nuance for you as well. So you made a comment about the Broncos pass protection being good so far, just some really interesting uh data here for the Broncos so far this season. So the Broncos, uh, so far, Teddy Bridgewater has been the highest pressured quarterback in the NFL, uh, which is you know, OK. That's bad. The Bronco. But Teddy Bridgewater has the fifth longest time to throw in the NFL. That's good. Um, and also the Broncos pass blocking win rate is 17th in the NFL, which isn't great, but it's average. So what is what does that say to you? What, add some to that because that, that's very conflicting data. You know, if somebody looks at the pass rush or the pressure rate being the worst in the NFL. You know, oh, my God, the Broncos offensive line is trash. What are we going to do? But then you see them being fifth best with time to throw. What's going on?
2: Well, I think one of it is, like I said, the the two quick footed guys that get open in a hurry, both going down with injuries. It does mean that Teddy has to hold on to the ball a little bit longer because you have plays that are a little bit longer drawn up, trying to get Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick down the field to to make some plays or some deep comebacks, those kind of things. Uh, I, I think that's playing into it. I think also Teddy does trust himself in the pocket that he can manipulate the pocket to, to buy some time, but for a guy to get open uh, and, and that's, that's played out and it's done pretty well. Most of the time, the last couple games, there's been times it hasn't worked out quite as well as those first three games, obviously. Um, and, and I do think there are times also you've had your two guards go down with injury. So there's been some miscommunications uh, that have led to some really bad pressures. Um, and, you know, Moody and, and, uh, Miners. Miners. There you go. Both of them have had their ups and downs. They've had some great plays and some terrible plays all along the way, and they just got to get a little bit more consistent as, as we move into to years in the future. But uh, like I said, overall, I've actually been pretty impressed with what they've done as an offensive line in the past blocking run blocking is a whole nother thing, but that also includes tight ends who have not been great run blockers. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes the Broncos made this off season. Is not getting a great run blocking tight end, and that that is really really hurting them bad in the run game.
1: Yep, I totally agree with you there. And uh, I would like to. I do wonder how much the Broncos panicked based on what they saw versus the Ravens, and how healthy Glasgow and Reisner looked. Uh, Miners, excuse me. uh, Glasgow did not look healthy to me out there. I know that I I think he's actually top ten for the Broncos or in the NFL this year in run blocking win rate, which would be surprising given the Broncos run game struggles. Now, some of that, nobody wants to hear this, but some of that is Javante Williams. He's been leaving some yards on the field. He's, his vision has not been vision and patience have not been great. Um, he's still blocking tackles like crazy, but like, you know, it's hopefully the, uh, the game will slow down for a, a little bit for him. Um, so he can be a little bit better out there with that. Um, but it will be interesting to see uh, what happens. So obviously um, Broncos losing that game. I, I want to go back again to this, this defense. What is going on with the pass rush? Broncos, I think they're fifth last so far this season in pass rush win rate. Um, I think Malik Reed and Von Miller have some of the lowest uh, double team rates. Now Malik Reed has like the lowest double team rate, and is uh, his pass rush win rate is really low as well. But Von Miller's pass rush win, win rate, let's say that ten times fast. And double <laughs> while well, the double team rate is low, his pass rush win rate is high. So what's going on? Like why why are we not getting any pressure right now?
2: Well, um, I mean. I think this is where sometimes last year Malik Reed's stats got a little overrated. Like he got a lot of sacks, but he wasn't always getting a ton of pressure. And you know, sometimes you just have that where you have a season where your pressures end in sacks. Von Miller has a ton of pressures. Most seasons doesn't always get a lot of sacks, but he's still doing his job well. Um, And this is where a lot of people are going, we have to sign Malik Reed. We can't make another Shaq Barrett mistake and let this guy walk he's not Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett had a very high win rate. Uh, He wasn't always getting the sacks, but he was winning at a high percentage. Uh, And so, I mean, they are missing Bradley Chubb quite a bit on that defensive line. And I, I think some of it also is you're seeing some of the, the younger guys that are just not always cutting it. I mean, Cooper has not been great at all when he comes in as a backup. Von Miller. I, I've not always been impressed with his decisions this year with where he's trying to rush, how he's trying to attack. I I think that'll improve, but there's just been times where I'm like, dude, there was an opening and you kind of tried to slow play it and it was too late. And uh, so there's some of that. I think Draymond Jones, he's been getting into the backfield, but he doesn't know what to do when he gets back there. That's he, he just had times where he like, he actually gets into a great position and then all of a sudden decides to spin back into the block. And you're going, what are you doing, Draymond? Uh, you know, he still made a lot of great plays and he'll get there. Like, I, I still think he's possibly going to be a star here in this league. If he can really get some of that vision once he wins, what to do with it. And then, like you said, Shelby Harris has been not great this year. You know, you were kind of depending on him being that next veteran. Once Bradley Chubb went down to, to kind of show the guys how to do this. Th- there's just not a lot of guys right now that teams are afraid of and say, I mean, Von Miller is one that you're still a little bit afraid of. But the rest of them, you're like, what? What do I have to fear here? And, and so I don't know if there's just things that they need to do scheme wise, uh, because the Broncos don't blitz a lot. And you know, once you get Darby back, maybe that changes a little bit, and you can actually start rushing a little bit more because you trust that he's not going to get beat over the top. I, I really hope that that's what they do and make teams have to respect it a little bit more. But right now, I think I think the Broncos are playing a little scared on defense.
1: Yeah, it's really frustrating because I do believe in the scheme, but it only works if you're getting pressure the front four. And so far, that has not been the case. And like you said, Shelby Harris, disappointing yeah, to an extent, but how much of it is what they're asking him to do versus uh, what's like what's actually the outcome of the play, right? Like if they're asking him to play very uh, disciplined in his gaps and not you know be a pressure player, so to speak, through a singular gap, then that changes the perspective of, of if he's winning or not, right? So uh, it frustrates me. Um, to see the Broncos not getting pressure to the front four. I think that's, you know, that's the straw that stirs the drink. Uh pivoting on this, I feel like this is a question we asked as soon as Vic Fangio came over. And I'm starting to circle back around to it. Is Von Miller not a good fit for what Fangio likes to do? Now hear me out. I'm just wondering this because obviously Von Miller can beat anybody um and he can win in multiple ways as a pass rusher, but he's not the the height, weight, speed, length. Pressure where he plays through the block, right? Like it's not that not that power player where it, encom- it closes in on you. He's more of a speed around the edge bend player. And I don't know if because of the way Fangio is sending pressure or lack thereof, if that's maximizing what Von Miller does because he has to be so disciplined in those lanes. Does that make sense? Steve? It, it Von- does. Like Cleo like Mack just <sighs> would go through a guy. That's not yeah. as much Von Miller. And I just I wonder if it's somewhat capping what Von does.
2: Right. And I mean, that's Bradley Chubb. That's what he does. Yes. You know, he, he's the guy that collapsed that pocket and the Broncos are really missing that right now. And and so you hope he can be back maybe in December, d- November. We'll see on, on his recovery. Um, but yeah. And, and Jay Roper has it right. Khalil Mack was a good fit for what Fangio want to do. Like he's that perfect rusher for Fangio's scheme.
1: And the Broncos and like, were interested in moving up for Jalen Phillips, who is like six, six or something in his last draft as well. So, It does seem like that the, that more power end the Justin Smith, if you will, or even Alden Smith uh, in that draft with Fangio and that uh, Raven or the 49ers defense, more of a power player with length than what Vaughn has. Now, Vaughn is still obviously incredible. He's going to get his, I just, I wonder if there's some disconnect for what Vaughn does best versus what ideally Fangio would want for an edge.
2: Yeah, I think he is the one player you're right that maybe doesn't fit it perfectly, but you, you still wanted to keep him because he's just that great of a player. I mean, he changes games. Yeah, yeah, he definitely. Um, So you're right. I think there are times, and that was one thing that really irritated me with the Ravens game. I felt like they were trying to be too disciplined to keep him contained in the pocket. Mm -hmm. And then they just weren't even trying to get any kind of pressure on him. So then he had all day just to sit back there and wait for guys to get open down the field. Now the secondary then was having miscommunications galore in that game, allowing big plays. Uh, So it really, really stunk. But uh, but yeah, you're right. The, uh, just there have been some real disappointments on the defense from both the coaching standpoint and from player standpoint, you know, this last game against Steelers, a lot of missed tackles, man, there's, there's a lot of run plays where they had it stop at the line of scrimmage. And, and I know Steelers have a good running back. There's a reason he was a first round pick, all those kind of things, but you can't give up all those extra yards. And I think you put it out on Twitter that, part of the reason the Broncos are struggling on third down is because they're not winning on first and second down. Yeah. Steelers were winning on first and second down and making third down real easy. When you got a third and one third and two, that makes it so much easier than what the Broncos are doing with third and eight. And uh, that's what I'm hoping the Broncos can get to is where you're winning so much on first and second down. Then all of a sudden, Teddy Bridgewater becomes the perfect quarterback in those situations because those short throws, his accuracy it just becomes such a a beautiful thing, but right now you're asking him to play beyond what you really know. He is, is capable of.
1: Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. Um, obviously we haven't had John here for a little bit. I am curious about this. The chat has kind of some of it somewhat devolved into some Teddy hate versus lock, but I do want your first five games, uh, feeling of Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, so far and what we've seen from him and, uh, just grading him. Like, is this what we expected? Is this more than we expected? Is it a false positive with those first three games versus bad teams? Or is it, uh, I mean, this offense is already more injured than it ever was last year, right? Like last year that you lost Juwan James and Cortland Sutton, that sucked, but otherwise it was pretty healthy. It was the defense that fell apart. And I'm not giving any points to anybody on the offense for losing players on the other side of the ball that you don't even take the field with. Um, So that's dumb. Um, So I have more issue with, uh, I think the issue uh, with the injuries this year on offense are, heavier weighted than what we've seen. But Broncos have looked really bad against two above average defenses the last two weeks.
2: Right. So if I'm just giving like a straight out grade compared to the rest of the NFL, I'd give him about an 80, 80 to 85% grade. You know, like I said, he's, he's looked good. He's been smart with the football. He hasn't put it in danger a whole lot of times. Like this last game was the first time where I saw a couple throws that I was like, Oh, that was a little bit of a dangerous throw, but he was playing from behind. You're going to have to force them on
1: fourth
2: down, right? Yeah, that was that I don't even hardly count that one. Um, But from if I'm grading on a curve of where I thought he was going to be compared to where he is, I'd put him in like a a 90 to 95% range, because I think he really is playing above what I thought he would do this season. And, you know, I just I really wonder what this offense would be. If you had Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, I don't think we're, we're talking about our team losing the last two games. I think especially the Steelers game, you're talking about a win because I think you're winning a couple more of those third downs early in the game and and getting some of those drives going really nice there. Uh, And so then we're all of a sudden going, wow, Teddy, here he is. Because, you know, early in the season, that's what we were, we were saying. Here's this guy, this offense is clicking. They're doing things. They're making plays. uh, They're, they're moving this football like crazy. And they just, they lost those players that really moved the ball. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. And, you know, Corlin Sun's great, and I hope they re-sign him. Tim Patrick has been great. I hope they re-sign him. But you need some complimentary pieces, and, you know, maybe they got that in John Brown, and like I said, Jerry Judy's coming back. So uh, I do think this offense is going to get right, not not be like top 10 by any means, but average. And if you compare that with this defense, and the defense can play better than what they've been doing, play to the level that they should be, that's the thing that this team can actually go out there and still be a playoff team
1: yeah for uh expectations i'd probably give teddy bridgewater a solid b um for grading him against the curve uh that's grading with the curve but uh, no curve i'd probably give him a b minus c plus um just because you know these games with against bigger opponents um you've wanted starting slow a lot of people put that on the coaches but like the quarterback's gotta play better i mean epa per pass, uh, per pass uh the first and second quarters of weeks four and five Broncos dead last in passing EPA per pass. So that's, you know, plenty of excuses for that, but you know, he'd tell you he's got to play better. Um, So that's a, uh, that's frustrating to me. Um, One thing I would, and this is easy for me to say sitting here in my, you know, fat boy chair and drinking a soda after downing some fries before we even started this. Right. But um, I would like to see Teddy use his legs a little bit more too. Um, I feel like, and Again, super easy. All these quarterbacks taking massive hits this last week. Um, but like you know, if there's room to run in the gold gold to go situation, people are complaining about the red zone and third down. Teddy's not a non-athlete. You know, he can go out there and pick some up. I'd like to see him do that a little bit more. Uh, again, really easy for me to say from where I'm sitting because you know those guys are coming. And they're gonna hit you big time. <laughs> um, but uh, we'd want to see that uh more so. Um. The, the one thing, though, I will say the biggest thing coming into this year and we've talked about it was the defense. This team cannot turn turn the ball over like they did last year. I mean, the Broncos were giving away, you know, uh, gosh, giving away the ball like, you know, condoms at a freaking like a uh, sex ed class. You know, it's like, oh, every, you get one. You get one. Everybody, everybody gets a ball. <laughs> turning it over last year like crazy. They've been good about turnovers this year. In theory, that should be good enough with the defense. Defense has not lived up to it but maybe yep. that's the reality of this defense. You know, maybe they are not a top three defense. Maybe they are in that 12 to eight range, which is not good enough to keep Fanji around, but that's another conversation. Um, and, uh, Teddy's got to play better then. and I just don't know if that's, that's a realistic or feasible ask of him, especially with the offensive line, not being one that is one of the few that can actually dictate, uh, on offense.
2: Right. Yeah. I'm with you there.
1: Um, and, uh, God, I don't want to put you on the spot there. Never mind. Um, I was going to ask you about uh, how this would be play out differently. Um, if uh, Drew Locke was the quarterback right now, but uh, who knows, right? Let's, let's not even open that. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that what if,
2: uh, Yeah, that what if is, is not a fun one. And everybody's going to have their thoughts on that based on their thoughts of Locke. And I, I think most people know I was not the highest person on Locke coming into the season and getting to see him for that half of football where he was still having troubles, feeling the pocket still making some pretty risky throws now, given their plan from behind all those kind of things, factoring into it. Um, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a great game. Wasn't a great situation for him to step into, but yeah, I, I, I don't think, I think if drew started the season, I still think they would have won those first three games. I, I think there's a really good chance that they probably would have uh, two and one, say, maybe turnovers yeah. are
1: so big and then yeah. the game can totally change. It can. Uh, or, it's true. Or also, like if you're panicking early, like the Broncos in that Jags game came out and looked flat early, fell behind quickly. What happens from there? Who dude, who yeah. knows? You know, like it's uh, it's uh it's concerning. Um, but who knows? Um, yeah. Biggest thing with Teddy, he's protecting the football. Um, that in theory, that with a ball control offense should be enough with the defense. But the defense is not getting it done enough to the extent where that's working for this offense right now. We'll see if that changes. Uh, so we got a lot of season left to go. The Broncos are three and two they're still very much in this. They're not the Chiefs are the last place in the AFC West right now, guys. Don't forget about that. Um but uh this is a game, it's a must-win game with the Raiders and obviously with Gruden, everything happening there. Um it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I hope this team if they lose this game it's going to suck. Right no doubt about it. I will be pulling my hair out if they come out this week once again and they come out with as little energy as we've seen these last two weeks. That would be an indictment on all the leadership in the locker room, the coaching staff, the organization as a whole. This is this is a playoff game. The Raiders swept you last year. Everything going on with Gruden too. Like you, you should want to go in there and like twist the knife, right? Yeah. So like show up, get hump, get pumped for this game, or like you know what, pack it up, we're done. I, you have to show up for this game. You have to. Right. It Cannot be fourth quarter. Can't. Otherwise, yep. you're dead man walking. So I don't yeah, typically the- get that. F- f- fired up, but like the last few games, they've really just come out sleepwalking. And it's like, what are we doing? You're not good enough to come out here and sleepwalk.
2: I'm with you completely on that. You know, I think the Broncos they're tied for the longest streak of not scoring on opening drives. In NFL history, in NFL history. And. Yeah, that's just, that's terrible. You know, you got to do better. I mean, that's on Shermer for not designing up well uh, to start off a game. You know, you got to come out. There was some stuff that makes teams really have to sit back and wait to figure out how you're going to be playing this game. They're not dictating that they're kind of waiting to see what the defense is doing and then making decisions on what we should do on offense. Can't be that way. You got to dictate what the other team does. You know, some players, they got to come out a little bit more fired up and ready to go and be ready to make some plays. You know, it seems like our drops happen early in the game. You know, guys just not quite ready. Well, What do you got to do as a player? Do you got to get up and, you know, go to the jugs machine, make a few more catches offensive line? What do you got to do to get more woke up? They got to shake some things up this week. And, you know, it's a home game. So thankfully, don't have to worry about the whole hotel fiasco with weddings and everything else. Um, But getting in front of this home crowd, I I know they're going to bring it. They they still will. The, The Broncos crowd always does. And the Broncos still have a winning record. So the, and it's the Raiders. <laughs> you, yeah. you want to come out and see the Broncos destroy the Raiders. But, uh, I, yeah. And Chase, I did catch Javante's angry run. And unfortunately he did the spike at the end. You know, like there's so many other celebrations you can do, buddy. The spike is the one thing that they, they hate.
1: I think he's talking about against Baltimore. Oh
2: yes. Yes. I did see that, that one too. I run. Okay. So I, I've actually gotten to watch the Broncos games. Um, over there, their their stations are based in New York. So I got to watch the Giants and the the Jets game live, which was really cool. Uh, and then the other ones I've been able to catch up on since then, um, just obviously being back here, um, Game Pass does not work overseas, at least the one that I have. So that was really frustrating. But yes, I, I've spent today pretty much just catching up on Bronco stuff. That has been my, my work day. Uh, don't tell my job that but (laughs) no, they kind of knew Tuesday was going to be just kind of a catch up day. So, um, yeah, I've been really impressed with Javante, man, that guy, he is like, like you said, he's missed some holes. His vision has not been great, but the guy finds a way to pick up extra yards and make up for it in many other ways. And I'm excited. Once he gets that vision down, he could become one of the top five, most dangerous running backs in football.
1: Yeah. Uh, Man, he runs angry. He's uh, maybe not the breakaway guy, but if he breaks that first level, um, you know, good luck tackling him. Uh, he's going to punish you. And I'd like to see them use that more. Uh, they got to keep running the football and make it situationally make sense too, right? You can't have a play action pass be your first one in the fourth quarter and uh, can't be running on second second and 14. Um, so just, I don't, I don't know, coaching everybody. Biggest thing, it's such a small thing to ask, but like come out and play inspired ball this week. Don't come yep. out flat. This is the goddamn mf and raiders and uh you know sorry i said in vain they're mr preacher man um but uh can't come out sleepwalking you know i'm typically i'm trying to be calm in here but like this coming out flat like that is inexcusable and if it happens again this week you know write their name on the tombstone write the coach's names in the papers you know we're looking for the next guy um it'll be time to move on um and peyton would probably be the first one to tell you that too it's like well not going so uh three and two. Hopefully things will get a little better here. A two game losing streak, but the Raiders come into town. They are totally dysfunctional. And this is still a team that is very much control of everything they want to accomplish is still in their grasp. So hopefully they realize that hopefully they can rally. Hopefully they can start playing better football, stop making stupid mistakes and uh, win some football games again, because they're going to need it, especially against this Raiders team who swept us last year. Not acceptable. Um, But guys, we love you so much. Um, we're going to get on out of here. Obviously, Carl and I could talk football all day, uh, but Scott's got a life. I know it's probably getting pretty late there for Scott over on the East Coast. I think he's got his uh, nightcap on there, drinking his, uh, <laughs> what is it, the bedtime tea, whatever they drink. Um, but uh, thank you guys so much for joining us today. You can find Carl, on, Carl and myself on Twitter, Carl at Carl MHL MHH, and myself at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also, guys, make sure you're following Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. Uh, Scott and I will be going live on his channel tomorrow, so come join us in the morning over there. Uh, You guys can also follow us at uh, Twitter, at BTB football pod and at mile high huddle. If you're at Facebook today, join us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you're joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share. It's not just this show. It's Broncos for breakfast. It's dove Valley, deep divers. It's a huddle up podcast. Um, We got so much content for you constantly and for you guys to interact and it's, you know, we're the host, whatever we're up here babbling away, but it's really the community um, that makes this a special place. Um, and uh, congrats to Scott and any Braves fans out there. Andrew Mason, also a uh, big uh, Braves fan, and the Braves just advanced to the NLCS. So uh, I guess I'll be pulling for the Braves because I could not – I don't stand, I can't stand the Dodgers or the Giants. Barry Bond <laughs> soiled them for me, and the Dodgers just annoy the heck out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so go Braves, I guessed. I guess. Mm-hmm. And also uh, Houston. Did Houston advance? To, yeah, I'm, I'm a Braves fan now. I guess that's what it is because I don't like any of the other teams. So uh, – um, I don't know, uh, Carl. Any thoughts before we get on out of here? Um, obviously, we appreciate you coming back to stateside so you can join us anymore. So Scott can uh, I can stop talking Scott's ear off. Poor guy, he's probably getting real tired of this mug.
2: <laughs> well, I just want to say, hey, thank you to everyone in the comments. I've been uh, trying to follow everybody, you know, just all the the thank yous and welcome backs and congratulations, and and uh, I just it just means the world to me to see that. And you know, I, like I said, I've missed all of this. Uh, of being a part of building the Broncos and mile high huddle and uh, just excited to be back and talking some Bronco football. And, and this is fun. You know, this, this really is, I I look forward to this every Tuesday. And uh, so just appreciate you guys making this a great welcome back party for me. And uh, now I'm going to go get some sleep because I didn't get home till like 4.00 AM last night,
1: man. I just made some enemies in here with the giants and Dodgers fans. Sorry guys. Uh, I'm a Carl and I are both bitter Cardinal fans and, uh, we you know feel like everything belongs to us um so yes. we'll see you guys next time um stay safe i'll see some of you guys i'm sure on scott's channel tomorrow and uh we love you guys keep it real keep it safe and uh go broncos beat the
0: breaks off the raiders
1: god raider hate week hate em.
0: you've been listening to building the broncos join broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going